Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Learning to Sit Still podcast. If you are new, I want to thank you for listening. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please consider leaving a review on whichever podcast platform you use. This really helps others find the show. And uh, don't forget to hit that subscribe button, too. Also, you can visit my website where there are free Bible reading plans and more. For today's episode, I wanted to go back to our Daughters of Eve series, though our person may come as a little surprise, the Witch of Endor. While she has not been the subject of many messages, she does have some lessons to teach us, so let's unpack her story, which is found in 1 Samuel 28. King Saul is at his wit's end and nearing a state of panic. Nothing is going right for him. He knows that God is against him, and no matter what he tries, God will not speak to him. This is actually a very sad passage to read, especially since he never once considered turning back to God. He refused to admit he was wrong, that he had sinned against God, though I know that if he had, God would not have refused him. But tragically, King Saul, the leader of Israel, went the complete opposite direction and sought out a witch. This was going against his own decree, which banned all uses of witchcraft and sorcery, and strangely enough, When he asked his servants where one could be found, they knew, which makes you wonder just how much they had been enforcing the law. But whatever the case, Saul changed his clothes and went undercover outside the palace walls to meet this woman in the cover of darkness. He asks her to perform her witchcraft and summon a particular person who he will name. This is her response in verse 9. And the woman said unto him, Behold, thou knowest what Saul hath done, how he hath cut off those that have familiar spirits and the wizards out of the land. Wherefore then layest thou a snare for my life to cause me to die? I want to take a moment to pause here and hone in on something. This woman understood the cost of her witchcraft. If she was found out, she could lose her life. A normal person might ask, why doesn't she just walk away? What caused her to be so drawn to her trade that she was willing to risk her life for it. We shake our heads, but consider what things you have refused to let go of. Things that I've refused to let go of. Sin is a powerful opponent and can make itself so appealing that we are reluctant to release it, even though it could cost us everything. How many marriages have been destroyed because a husband was unwilling to give up his adultery or even his addiction to pornography? How many have refused to quit doing drugs or consuming alcohol because they loved it more than anything else? I think we often underestimate sin and our tempter, believing we can walk away whenever we want. But that is not the case, nor should we treat it so lightly. Not even on pain of death was this woman willing to call it quits on her sinful choice to engage in witchcraft. And what about us? Are we willing to stand before our Lord on Judgment Day? and say that we loved our sin more than him, maybe we should take a serious moment to evaluate our own heart and ask ourselves, what things have we permitted to remain in our life? Things that are not honoring to God, but we have let them take such hold on us that we struggle to pull free. Confess them to God and ask him to help you break away from them, to let go and choose him over everything else. I promise that choosing him above the things of this world is always worth it. For this woman, she was assured by Saul that nothing would happen to her. So she summons the person he wants, Samuel, which quickly reveals who he is to her and it frightens her even more. Now, if I was in her profession and saw the form of one of the greatest judges Israel had ever saw, I probably would have been scared too. Samuel, 
He did appear to Saul, though he was none too pleased to be disturbed, and they had a discussion that involved a death sentence for not just himself, but his sons. This is where I want to pause again and think about the scene. Here she is, a woman who has given her life to worshiping Satan, if you will, and now she is hosting King Saul in her home, the one chosen by God to be the first ruler of Israel. She witnessed firsthand what happens when you choose to ignore God's law and rebel against him. The cost was high. And it did not just affect him, but also his sons. They would die the next day alongside their father, including Jonathan. As believers, we are to be salt and light to the world of people who are different and show others what it means to serve an almighty God. Men like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they took a stand and that influenced a nation for good. But Saul had no such testimony. He who began strong was now sunk with no hope left within, and that is a terrible place to be, especially in front of the lost. Our testimony matters because it is what others see, and if we choose a path of rebellion, we will bring no honor to our king. A life spent following after Christ will be a life well-lived, and that is what I want, don't you? The final lesson from her life may be a little unexpected, but She was a woman who did possess a measure of compassion. Listen to verses 21 and 22. And the woman came unto Saul and saw that he was sore troubled and said unto him, Behold, thine handmaid hath obeyed thy voice, and I have put my life in my hand and have hearkened unto thy words which thou spakest unto me. Now therefore I pray thee, hearken thou also unto the voice of thine handmaid and let me set a morsel of bread before thee and eat that thou mayest have strength when thou goest on thy way. She has just been scared to death, realized she was deceived, and witnessed a difficult scene as a man was given his death sentence, yet she is able to reach out with compassion. Notice that she saw that he was sore troubled. Instead of pushing them out of her home, she offered to cook him a meal. I think this is a beautiful, maybe even an unexpected moment, and given at a time when Saul needed it the most, Perhaps that is a way to describe compassion, coming alongside someone and giving them something that they needed the most, a kind word, a warm hug, or a listening ear. Compassion requires that we look past our own circumstances and live aware of those around us. The verse says she saw. That is the first step to compassion, seeing someone else. If we close our eyes, we will never be able to see someone's needs. I don't want to be a person who is so consumed with my own life and troubles that I never see anyone else. We are to be a people defined by compassion, ready to act in any way that will bring relief to someone else. We all have hurts of our own, trust me, I know. But what would happen if we set them aside in order to help someone else? Maybe, just maybe, if we all looked out for one another, the hurts would not be as heavy and the wounds might just heal faster. May we be people who are compassionate and always looking out for each other. We may never know just how much of a difference it could make in someone else's life, maybe even an eternal one. And that is where we will end today's episode. I pray you have a wonderful week, my friends. Don't forget to carve out that time in the quiet place, the place where we get alone with God and let the truths of his word and who he is sink into our soul, transforming us more and more into his image.